0: is a team that we don't care for.
1: Something, something. Bravo. <clears throat> With Lord Latimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes,
0: my master.
1: Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Incomplete.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You have tuned into something something Broncos. I am Jess Place here with Lori Lattimore Volkman and Tim Lynch. Today we are brought to you by the U-Haul idling outside, waiting for Vance Joseph. Uh, so the 2018 season is over, um, and uh, not a moment too soon. It was it was painful as as Broncos seasons go. It was it was really hard to watch, and it ended just like we all kind of thought it was going to with a terrible, terrible loss. I mean, for a moment there, it looked like, oh, they might have a little fight in them. Mm, eh, no, it was over. It was done. Uh, how do we feel about uh, 2018? I, I mean, are we? is there anything that we can take away from this season uh, to next season? Or is it just turn the page, uh, throw some dirt on it and forget about it? <laughs>
0: I would say there are definitely good things to take away from the season. Our rookies really showed up and show that we have promise in the future. We still have a good defense. We need to fill in some holes. But I felt like in the Chargers game, the, the defense actually was playing well. Two interceptions in the first quarter. They stopped Phil Rivers for the most part early. But they were on the field the whole game because our offense couldn't do jack. So I felt pretty good about what the defense was trying to do, especially given how thin we are in some of the positions. But the offense is putrid, just horrible.
2: It's just too bad we didn't get a chance to see Bill Musgrave be interim head coach for four weeks because that offense really showed up against the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah
1: they were awesome good we didn't we didn't allow (laughs) bill take over because man the offense would have suffered (laughs) (laughs) it's helpful to laugh about these things we we know what we don't want in a coach i mean we've we've seen it like it's it's like the inability to manage players the inability to manage the clock the inability to game plan the inability to direct uh, their uh, uh, coordinators uh, to do anything, uh, or improve, or grow, or any of that. So I mean, so we've seen, I mean, kind of how bad it could be. I mean, from the standpoint of, of broken records and um, shattered fan morale with the with the uh, twelve thousand no shows against the Chargers. Um, We've seen kind of how bad it could be. I mean, I'm I'm not saying it could be worse, but um, I'm thinking with the, the the new coaching hire, I think I think what we can take away from last year is we need to find the right guy. Or Clearly, if we don't have the right guy, we're in for another really long season.
2: Yeah, swing away, Elway. You struck out, but keep swinging and <laughs> see if we can get this team back on track so we can have fun watching football again
0: yeah i think that chargers game is one of the few games was just excruciating it was like this cannot get any longer can it but it's like the longest second quarter ever and that's how the whole game felt
1: it was just incompetence on display for like the whole whole world it was just like we don't know what we're doing. We've been doing, we, we're going backwards. Watch us as we regress. I mean, the defense, yeah, like Laurie said, it, it, they, they started off strong. As the game goes on, you know, they see Case Keenum kind of strut out there and, you know, get under center, you, and you just, you lose all hope. It's like, you know, what's the point? Like, start, start making your vacation plans. It's over. Like, <laughs> it is over. There is no face to be saved here. I hope that whoever we get next can do something with him. I, I know that there's there's something there we didn't see it. I mean, it, they saw it in Minnesota, but I we sure as heck didn't see it this year and and the fact that his contract is guaranteed for next year is is kind of soul crushing, but you know, let's give it a shot. This is it for him. Ay ay ay. Like next year watching him throw the ball is going to be is going to be tough. We got to we got to find a coach that can work with him whatever that is
0: listening to his comments after the game they were asking about vance joseph he's like yeah it's tough it's really tough i feel really bad because this is a production league and you gotta gotta be able to produce and i was thinking how freaking ironic is that and and i i feel i
1: feel lied to like it it, during the uh during training camp uh All the reports were, oh, my God, Deshaun Hamilton. They're hitting Cortland Sutton. It's like stretching out, leaping. Every pass is amazing. It is amazing what they are doing. Light is shining from the fingertips of Case Keenum. He hasn't thrown an interception. And, you know, Chiefs fans are always quick to find a tweet where, you know, I was making fun of Mahomes interceptions in training camp. And, and, you know, they. every now and then it pings up. And it's just like, yeah, I, w- I may have been wrong about that. But, damn it, I was misled. Like, I was told that th- this offense was going to be something special. Where did that go? Like, was it was it total crap? Like, is, it, is that PR?
0: If you think about it, the last three years we've thought, Every year that our offense was going to be better, Paxton Lynch was getting better, Trevor Simeon looked good the first year, supposedly, Case Keenum was stretching the field, throwing downfield. Every season, all of those promises, none of them were true. Paxton was terrible, Trevor was terrible, Case is terrible. I'll tell
1: you, the only time I remember someone being terrible in training camp was Tim Tebow and we ended up winning a playoff game.
0: Right? (laughs) even same thing with Peyton Manning he can't feel his His fingers he can't can't throw the ball there's no spiral he struggled that last year but we went to the Super Bowl and we won so screw the training camp reports they're all lying
2: I'm gonna keep doing paying attention to the training camp reports because now I care again because there's a new coaching staff a new scheme new everything's new and exciting I'm I'm looking forward to it and I'm gonna talk myself into 13 and 3 again I don't really care (laughs) Oh, we'll be there. We'll, we will
1: be there by the time training camp starts. I mean, that's, that's the joy of being a Broncos fan is that is you always got a shot. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the, the coaches and, and what we want in a coach. There have been five names to emerge uh, so far in the, the Broncos coaching search. Uh, we've got um, Vic Fangio, Brian Flores, uh, Zach Dysert and uh
2: <laughs> yeah close yeah. enough they're same age
1: yeah well you know <laughs> Got, it's mike uh, munchak mike oh yeah and chuck pagano
2: he's from colorado you know
1: ah yes oh good i so we can hear about how uh philip Lindsay and chuck pagano are all from colorado and they, they went to high school together minutes of like <laughs> yeah. oh they're all from colorado it's, it's amazing no, I, I, I'll be honest. None of these names really excite me. I mean, I, I, I feel like through the, the MHR chat room, I, I've been talked into Vic Fangio, which means he's going to go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> and living here in New England, I can tell you that Patriot fans are not too stoked on their uh, defense right now. And so it, it, it's kind of it's kind of a head scratcher like Brian Flores. Like, I don't know. But um, I'm not thrilled about Chuck Pagano and Mike Munchak. Like he, like, it, where is the sexy name on this list? There, I, I don't see one. Like, it, but where's the
0: sexy name out there anyway? I mean, what, what potential sexy coach is there?
1: Are you discounting the Ryan brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, dig a little deeper. These, like, someone in the MHR room said these are the names. That are on everybody's list. Is it going to be musical chairs? Like whoever whoever is not hired by the time we pull the trigger, that's who we end up with.
2: We're we're going to end up freaking hiring Mike Munchak. You watch, and he's like the. I mean Chuck Pagano, eh, Same thing. It's just the the most boring name on the list. That's it. So I have a feeling that's the guy Elway's going to hire. All my excitement might just go away after that. <laughs> Let's see.
0: I kind of like the idea of Vic Fangio, of all the names. I like his kind of hard-ass style of coaching. I think that might be a really good thing for Denver. Looking at how well his Chicago Bears defense has performed this year gets me excited about what he could do or help a defensive coordinator do with the people we do have on defense who are still elite players. and. I think he might be the kind of coach that would let a creative (laughs) offensive coordinator do his thing. I almost think the offensive coordinator position might be the really key position to make our team a lot better next year.
2: Well, for Fangio, he's the Bears' defensive coordinator. We have a Bear wrestler. It seems like a match made in heaven to me. (laughs) And... You know, Bill Musgrave is still under contract. So, you know, your offensive coordinator issue, it's uh, right there for Solved for the guy. Long. Everybody, you know, everybody wants, wanted him to be interim head coach. So, you know, he's right there, right there to be, be that awesome offensive coordinator all year long that we just loved, loved watching on the field, the production. Oh my! Everything God. was perfect.
0: Get rid of Musgrave. <laughs> I would have gotten rid of him first. I was, the offense was just horrendous this year.
1: I bet if you go looking through the uh through the little kitchenette there in dove valley you're like
0: where is mike
1: where where mike where is bill musgrave's mug i'm sure he's got like a special little mug i bet he took it with him when he left he's like i'm gonna i don't think i'm gonna come back here (laughs) (laughs) he took his he took his plant from his office and his mug and (laughs) whatever bronco's gear he could he could sneak into his bag
2: uh, i'm sure he did that about eight weeks ago that's right
0: <laughs> every week he started putting something else in his car
2: all the broncos letterhead is in his car <laughs> Start boxes, staplers
1: boxes of envelopes just <laughs> broncos envelopes, the like.
0: stapler just wouldn't let vance have his staplers so i'm not sure he's gonna no. bill have his
1: no don't trust any of them around sharp objects <laughs> Oh, Lordy. So, okay, so we don't have a pick. Vic Fangio is the favorite. Like, that's who we're going for. We're, we're not high on anybody else. Oh, is there, like, like, a college coach that they could, like, be, like, secretly coveting?
2: Lincoln Riley did have an eyeball tweet where he just did eyeballs, and that was it. Could that be for the Broncos head coaching position? We'll find out later. Mm. <laughs> But keep, you never keep know, the dream you alive. never know. Keep the dream alive.
1: Like we said, the, the all these names are on everybody's lists, you know, and I'm sure that everybody also has a little secret list that they are keeping close to their vest, you know, in the hopes that they could get a diamond in the rough that no one's expecting. I, I, I'm not thrilled about any of these, but I'm sure come... Uh, Come training camp, uh, like Tim said. 13-3, and three, this guy knows what he's doing, and we're going to go all the way. One thing we have going for us is the Hall of Fame announcement came out, and there were a few Broncos there, a few lesser Broncos, and one guy who was a Bronco for, like, five minutes. Um, <clears throat> we've got uh, – I mean, not that John Lynch is a lesser Bronco, but, he, I mean, we're not going to have that whole debate right now about, oh, I- he was, was he really truly a Bronco? I mean, yes, he's in the Ring of Fame and all that, but that's great. But one thing we can all agree on: Ty Law was never a Bronco, right? <laughs> I mean, we we can just like I mean, he may have gotten a free jersey, but that was about it. <laughs> Poor Carl Mecklenburg, my heart breaks for him every year. It's like. Ah. Like he was so amazing, but uh, Steve Atwater uh, got the nod. Uh, uh, Champ Bailey and uh, John Lynch, we already mentioned. I mean, kind of, sort of. He's like a Cusper kind of, like the you know, it was okay, I guess. Kind of a Bronco. Uh,
2: ring Ring of Famer.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Let's put Willie Brown in the the Ring of Fame. You know, I mean, it's like he was also, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. But you know, yeah. But he was like great.
2: I would like, I would put Peyton and Demarcus Ware in the Ring of Fame before john lynch but that's just me no i totally totally agree yeah
1: yeah well so this is my theory so what if okay so like right demarcus ware was uh part like a a a tangential part of the coaching staff this year what if they kind of backdoor uh demarcus ware with his three years as a player and then his like one year as a like a pseudo sort of coach
2: they He's should just been. do it anyway. Who cares about this stupid rule? What he is was the so rule?
0: What's the rule? For,
2: for, four years of service. So you have to be on the team for four years uh, to well, be considered. Peyton Manning
0: will get that.
2: Yeah, he'll get oh, yeah. that. But Demarcus no, Ware should that. too. I mean, they he saved single-handedly saved the franchise with Von Miller, and the the resurgence in his career. They don't win that Super Bowl without Demarcus Ware. Vernon Davis.
1: He was amazing. <laughs> Talk about a guy who showed up and was like, I am here to get a ring, and I will see you all later. <laughs> That's right. Let's take this moment, though, and, and um, you know, we're all huge fans of, of Steve Atwater, and, and we're getting ready to kick off 27 and 27, where we break down uh, 27 of our most favorite Steve Atwater moments. Um Spoiler alert. I think you know what number one is. Ah. Uh. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, Tim, would you like to start with your your most favorite Steve Atwater
2: memory? Yes. Since we can't use the Christian Akoya moment.
1: No, don't waste. You spoiled it.
2: I didn't. I just said we can't use it.
0: <laughs> but you said it. See? You ruined it.
2: All right. Uh, You know what? Kansas City hasn't forgotten. Neither has Broncos country. So I'm pretty sure when you say Steve Atwater's name, that's the first image that pops into their head. Um, My favorite moment was in the Super Bowl. He had his probably best game of his career.
1: Which Super Bowl, Tim?
2: The Super Bowl, Jess. The Super Bowl. Okay. Okay,
0: okay.
2: Yeah. The Super Bowl. Where was I at?
0: (laughs) Best game of his career.
2: Best game of his career. That's right. And... I lived in San Diego at the time, and the, the Super Bowl was at Jack Murphy Stadium, and I could see the stadium from my condo balcony, and of course I was like 17 or 18, so I, the way I had tickets to that nonsense, <laughs> but I heard heard the fireworks, I could hear the cheers, and I watched the game, and he was just everywhere on the field all game long. You could just tell, he's like, we're winning this game. On defense, he was the enforcer, like it was 1992 again. And the part that had me, that I'll never forget, is the third down play. And Brett Favre's driving under two minutes to go tie the game, right? And he's done it 100 times. So it's like you were kind of expecting it to happen. And he throws a deep ball down the middle. It probably wasn't going to be complete, but Steve Atwater was just like, I don't care what the chances are. I'm taking everybody out. He knocked himself out. He knocked a, a Bronco player out. He knocked the the Packers wide receiver out. He just, he didn't care. He's like, I want to win this game. I'm I'm sacrificing everything. With him knocked out like that and it's fourth down, I'm like, oh man, we're so screwed. Our best player all game long, Steve Malwater, is not going to be on the field. They cut over just before and I could see him starting to move and like pull his head up. I was like, oh boy. He's okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it looked like he had died. Like I didn't want to say it like that, but it was <laughs> it was a big time collision. And then when John Mobley knocked it down, dude, that memory is forever seared. You know, that's that's my favorite moment for Steve Auer It's just how he just obliterated everybody, and then you know, twenty seconds later, they won a world championship. So those those two things are like forever married. Everybody talks about how bad Elway wanted to get that monkey off his back. But the way Steve Atwater played that game, you just, you could just tell he wanted it, he wanted it bad. So, that's what—that's how great of a Bronco he is. It's you know he he lived under Elway's shadow, but he was he was the quarterback of that defense for a decade, and he's he was my favorite player growing up. In, in terms of when I played on defense or something, I was always I'm Steve Atwater. and all my <laughs> forty nine, all my forty nineer Raider friends, because I lived in Northern California, would make fun of me because I'm an idiot for being a Broncos fan. 55 to 10, idiot. Blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> I got the last laugh, man. What about you, Lori? What's your what's your moment?
0: I think my favorite thing is just the fact that his nickname is the Smiling Assassin. Because it's so true. He's like the nicest guy in person, but yet he plays football the way you should play it, which is like a total badass. I had this experience chatting with him and... Andrew Mason and Ryan Edwards on Orange and Blue Radio, and I was a little nervous, of course, because you're talking to Steve Atwater, and he asks me essentially a film analysis question, and I was like, Steve, what, do you know what I do while I report? I don't analyze film, but he asked me, you know, what kind of coverage I felt like the Broncos defense should do to cover Jared Cook, because of course we're not very good at covering the tight ends, and... Thankfully, I'd done a little research. Maybe we should put Justin Simmons on Jared Cook and use our safeties to to help cover the tight ends. Little did I know, Steve Atwater's over there agreeing with me. And I said something like, you know, I don't know if that would work necessarily, but maybe we could try it. And he's like, no, no, I think that's a great answer. Little did I know that had been Steve Atwater's suggestion, like either the day before or earlier in the show. He's like, yeah. That sounds really good. I like that idea. I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about, but Steve Atwater just agreed with me, so.
2: You and I have the same film analysis uh, <laughs> strategies.
1: <laughs> well, for me, uh, I I had a chance to to meet Steve, so I was super excited uh, that 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 the Broncos were going to be playing in Philadelphia, and this is in 2017, and so I was I got. I got tickets and, and I was going to take the train down because that's what you do when states are really close to each other. Yeah, I didn't even take a plane. So I got a, I got all my Bronco gear on. I had no plan really other than just, just meeting up with uh, a former MHR writer. So I was like, what jersey do I bring? And I'm like, I'm going to bring my Steve Atwater. I have like the, the, throw, the, like 19, the late 1960s throwback uh, <clears throat> uh, Steve Atwater uh, jersey. And I was like, that's what I'm going to wear. And so I, I was wearing it uh, on the train and I get off the train and, and lo and behold, the first people I see when I get a, I get off the train in, in Philly are Broncos fans. They're like, hey, are you going to the party? And I'm like, I, I, what party? I <laughs> Yes. Uh, and they're like, you got to go to the Bronco party. The Broncos have thrown a party. You got to go. And I was like, uh, well, I, I'm sure. And So they gave me the address and – I, I promptly uh, got completely lost in Philly, and I'm, I'm, I'm in bad areas of town, like, driving around. And I actually, I had to, I, I tweeted uh, uh, Andrew Mason. I'm like, Andrew, I, like, is there a thing? Like, where's this thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get my butt beat. I'm roaming around in, in not-so-great areas. And I show up, and, it, like, the mascot is there. There are cheerleaders. There's, like, all sorts of T-shirts and, and, and Bronco necklaces and and giveaways and i'm like i need all of this stuff i want i want it all put it all in my bag like even stuff that i would never (laughs) use i I need this this is is for me and and they're like oh steve atwater is gonna be here signing and i was like oh my god i have my steve atwater jersey i i of all the jerseys i packed this one and so i uh i waited in line uh, went up and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the late 60s jersey the numbers are blue and he was he was like hey man how's it going I was like "Oh well it's good he, he's like you want me to sign him like yeah yeah and he's like right here and he's like pointing at the number the blue number with his black sharpie and I'm like yeah yeah right there that's fine anywhere you're Steve Atwater amazing <laughs> And and so so he's like you yeah, sure and I'm like yeah and, and then like I see him sign it and you can barely see the signature on the numbers <laughs> but I was like I don't care I don't care I met him I'm like you know and I look like a grinning fool like, I'm like picture time you know so, yeah so I have it hanging up in my uh, here in my office and and you can barely see the signature but I I put a big picture of uh, of me and old Steve uh, right next to it so that uh, so That's I can awesome. that it was signed. And then the Broncos went on to get their butt beat so bad by the Eagles they ran out of fireworks. But it was still a good trip because I got to meet Steve Atwater. So I did make everybody in our section laugh because I was I, I was so spirited that I was I was yelling at Demarius um, Thomas yeah. <laughs> when he came close, and they're they're like this guy's funny, hey. like so yeah. The uh,
2: did you say Demarius Thomas?
1: Demir- yeah, Demir- I was yelling. Were
2: Demir- you say unblock me on Twitter? That is Demarius. exactly what I said.
1: Actually, that- <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I said. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was it, it was cool. I mean, it, it, I'll be honest. Like as butt beatings go, it was it was a lot of fun, and um, uh, and everything you hear about Philly fans being crazy and awful and all that is is just. It, I didn't have that experience.
0: Well, let's see. Don't you think we should address this whole Von Miller stuff? Uh, yeah,
1: well, see, I I have been skiing, and so I'm not entirely
2: up on the
1: whole. It's, uh, his mom is mad. What is going on? His mom is mad, and 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 what happened?
2: Elway made a comment that John somehow saw as he wants to trade Von Miller.
0: <laughs> Elway was just asked questions about going forward and.
2: I have the exact quote, like word for word. Okay, I think we're, I think we're going to visit you all that. Play the
1: part of John Elway, <laughs> and action.
2: I think we have to look at all the possibilities and get an evaluation of that. One thing that has to happen is we have to play better. Our great players have to play better too. Again, when we're going to, going around and trying to assess blame, which we don't. We're trying to find solutions, not assess blame. We're trying to evaluate what went on and find solutions. One of the solutions is that we're going to need our core players to play better. Vaughn, he had a good year this year. Can he play better? Yeah, I think Vaughn can play better. That's part of the thing when it comes in with the next coach. So somehow John took that quote and said, they're thinking about trading Von Miller. I don't know how, but he wrote a post about it, and Vaughn's mom flipped out on Instagram And she basically tagged, what up, Dallas? Send Jerry's number.
0: Yeah, send Jerry Jones' number to Joby Brannon, which is Vaughn's agent. So how do you think Vaughn
2: reacted when
1: he found out his mom went nuts on Twitter?
0: Mom,
1: take
2: that down! (laughs) And she did. She deleted it.
1: As our pal DMAC knows, the internet is forever. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be crazy to take. Miller. all of all the 104.3 banter aside like there, there's no reason why why would you trade it? why what, what do you get out of it we don't we're not hurting for cap space we're not we're not going to get anything near the value of Yvonne Miller
2: yeah Max, like oh we'll get this Quentin Williams guy in the draft I'm like how many top three defensive tackles are busts like all of them dude just go away no know, he-
0: You still don't trade your Super Bowl MVP, who's still a game changer, for that possible draft sensation. It's just stupid. I
2: don't even know what we're talking about. He also said trade Chris Harris Jr. for a third rounder. So he just, dude needs to go back to Buffalo.
0: Well, what
1: the Raiders are about to realize is that, yeah, you can trade away your players for picks. However... There is no guarantee that the, the the players that you pick are going to play as good as the players that you traded away. Like it it it, it is a net loss in that scenario. Like ninety nine percent of the time, like you are not going to get the production out of the, the picks that you have from the player from the studs, the the all pros that you have uh, traded away. I mean, I can always go off on the Raiders, but like they're they're high. I mean, you got uh, Grigo the Destroyer coming in, you know, whatever. But uh, Mike Mayock, like it's the all TV squad. Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden, and it's like, you know, Mike Tirico is <laughs> come in and be the OC. Like what? Like what is this? Like it, it's it, it. It's they're they're following a playbook that's out there, that's kind of out there, but it may not be the best playbook. The, the Raiders don't even have a place to stay next year like they don't even know where they're playing i saw an onion article they're like all right we're gonna play in john gruden's backyard <laughs> it's like such a mess it's such a mess sorry for that diversion
0: you can go on to the mystery question a mystery question
1: okay i don't have one i've been trying to think of one this whole <laughs> do we have a mystery mystery question <laughs> if, if you were a fruit which fruit <laughs> would you be it has to start with the first letter of your name
2: (laughs) tangerine
0: (laughs) i don't even know a fruit that begins with an l a loquat
2: (laughs) what i know right i know i need to google that or am i i'm afraid to google that i know
0: it is it's a fruit Um... trust me i mean kind of like a lemon really
1: i thought that was a kumquat
0: well, it's they're related, but it's not a code what? Code. Yes. Oh my gosh!
2: So, what's a, a real mystery question?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought we were gaining traction with that one.
2: <laughs> oh, Steve Atwater or John Lynch? Oh, come
0: take on!
2: Take your take your take your Broncos head off, and try to answer that question.
0: Steve
1: Atwater <laughs> done. Moving on. Steve Atwater. Or John Lynch with his pockets full of (laughs) loquats.
0: Well, still, Steve Atwater.
2: I don't know. That might sway my opinion there. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's close. In all this time, I I still haven't, not only have I not been able to come up with a mystery question, I haven't been able to come up with a uh, fruit that starts with J.
2: Give us one reason to put Steve Atwater in over John Lynch. Given both of their career accolades, that's a good one. That's not a mystery question. That's just a question. But that's the biggest question we're trying to answer the next twenty-seven days. You know, what's the what's the one thing that puts Atwater? Because only one's getting in. You know that, right? We both we can all agree on that. That's just the way voters approach these stupid things.
1: I would like to say uh, his mention in South Park. It's infamous. It's a brief soundbite, and uh, everyone can relate to it.
0: Lord, though we have lost Neil Smith to free agency and Steve Atwater to the Jets, still, we hope our beloved Broncos can bring home another Super Bowl championship and once again bathe in the glory of your light. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Broncos. Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Broncos. Let's go. I would say that if you look at what you know, a player's overall impact on their team, Steve Atwater wins that hands down his dominant level of play and how much that was needed for the Broncos was more than what John Lynch brought.
2: Yeah. For for me, it's John Lynch needed five more playing seasons to get one more pro bowl appearance. So he needed 15 seasons to get all the same stuff Atwater got, except one more pro bowl appearance. And That just shows how good Atwater was, and he doesn't quite get the recognition he deserves.
0: Oh, I have one. So Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati talked to Andrew Mason and Ryan Edwards of Orange and Blue Radio the other day, and Mason told this great story about Atwater where early in John Lynch's career, he was struggling, and Tony Dungy wanted to kind of help him out, and so he took game film of Steve Atwater to show him how to play the game and use that to to help him. So, you know, if you want to make a case for why Steve Atwater over John Lynch, it's because Steve Atwater is the game film that all these good safeties today should be playing from. So, case closed. Even though he was
1: a Bronco and the Hall of Fame does not like Broncos, he still deserves it, guys. Let him in, (laughs) loquats. Well, that concludes this week's edition of Something Something Broncos. With Lori Lattimore-Volkman, Tim Lynch, and I am Jess Place. Happy New Year, everybody. The 2019 season starts, uh, it already started. God, let us find a good coach, please.
0: (laughs) Is that a sign-off or a prayer? (laughs) Yes. Now let us pray. Something, something. Oh, oh wait. (laughs) I totally forgot. I have a great story. It's not related to anything we've been talking about, but I got to tell you guys. (laughs) So... Two days ago, I was cleaning out some stuff, trying to figure out where to put all my Christmas cards from this year. And I came across three Broncos tickets and it was from November 15th, 2015. And I was looking at the tickets. I'm like, oh yeah, that was, it was a game. I got box seats by TJ Ward's family. And so me and my two boys and my sister got to sit in TJ Ward's box Peyton Manning got the record. Then he got benched for five interceptions, and T.J. Ward got ejected for hitting the Chiefs player. (laughs) So you got to meet T.J. Ward when he came up to the box? Yeah. No, no. The the whole box emptied because it was his family and, you know, friends and cousins and, like, everybody who knew him. So as soon as he got ejected, they all left. And so me and my two kids and my sister, like – Hanging out with the guys doing the food
2: <laughs> like, So <laughs> this is <Wow>. great. <laughs> that's, that's an awesome that's an awesome memory actually.
0: And the whole game just sucked because Peyton Manning is sitting on the bench <laughs> like, oh, this season is terrible.
2: And then they yeah. win a super And
0: Bowl. then it wasn't terrible. The hardest yeah. season
1: to be a Broncos fan, but you can't winning. You like it's like we. I feel like we <laughs> have used up all the Mile High Magic in that season. Like it, it's like we we're like scraping the Skippy jar in 2011
2: and in 2012 with the Peyton Monday Night Football comeback. In 2015, we've got to be in a deficit <laughs> on, on the ma- on the Magic side of things. It's true.
1: <laughs> the whole D-O year. And,
0: I remember um, 2015. Every single game was. A miraculous win you know like Bradley Roby scooping the ball to score against the Chiefs and DeMarcus Ware getting a strip sack yeah. two times in a row
2: CJ Anderson running 50 yards yeah to for beat the a win.
0: Patriots in overtime <laughs> there,
1: was, there was some Patriots fans next to us and like after that happened I was like Dunkin Donuts fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs>
2: Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something. With
1: Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete.